Praise the Lord. We thank the Lord for this evening and we thank him for the opportunity to reflect on Easter. I want to say a big thank you to the senior pastor, senior associate pastor and the leadership of the church for giving me the opportunity to share, even as we reflect on the death and resurrection of Jesus. As Reverend Ansan was saying, the death, in the death of Jesus, in the days leading to the cross, we see the whole ministry of Christ coming to its high point. We see the forces of Satan gathering together to, as it were, abort the mission and the ministration of Christ. But thankfully, Christ was so aligned with the will of the Father that in spite of the weight, in spite of the emotional strain, in spite of the wickedness of man, he was focused on his mission. My prayer is that by the time we go through this period, each and every one of us will be aligned to the will of God concerning us and will be aligned to the will of the Father as children of the Father, so that in truth and in our worship, we shall show to the world that we are children of God. Shall we bow down our heads for prayer? Our Lord and Father, we thank you so much for all that you did for us. For whilst we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross to die for us, for responding to the will and the call of the Father, that through it all, you set your face focused on the purpose for which you came into this world. Our prayer is the Lord, having heard your call and come to you, we will be so aligned that when you whisper, we will hear. When you speak, we will respond. So that by our life and by our love, others will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. Thank you for answered prayer. In Jesus' name, Amen. So, we are reflecting on Easter. We are reflecting in this convention on what is known as the seven words on the cross. There are more statements than words, but they are popularly referred to as the seven words on the cross. And today, we are focusing on the very first 
words that Jesus spoke as he hanged on the cross. And this can be found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 23, and in verse 34, where Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Indeed, when we take it from verse 32, we see that Jesus had been crucified between two sinners, one to his left and one to his right. And he was the one who was in the middle. I mean, those of us who are familiar with the way medals are awarded, they would usually call the first three. The one first runner up to the left, second runner up to the right, and then the one who wins is the one who is in the middle. By this, Jesus had been presented as the chief sinner. If these were murderers, he was the chief murderer. Jesus had indeed been betrayed by one of his own chosen ones. One of the twelve. And this, notwithstanding the fact that Jesus had warned that one amongst the people, one who dipped his hands in the bowl with him, was going to do this. In spite of all, Judas had allowed himself to be used by the devil because of his hunger for greed. Because of his hunger for ill-gotten wealth. He had been so blindfolded that he could not see beyond his greed. He came back to himself But sadly, it was too late. Jesus had hurriedly been arraigned before the high priest. He had been taken to Pilate. He had been taken to Herod. He had been brought back to Pilate. And he had been convicted. And the sad thing is that, I mean, if you look at the narrative, Pilate knew without a shadow of doubt, that there was no basis for the accusation. But he found no fault whatsoever in this man. But again, when the people threatened that if you release this man, then you are not a a friend of uh, 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 Caesar. So he let the man go. Again, in spite of the fact that his wife had sent to him and said, be careful about this man. And Jesus had suffered travesty of justice because everything that had been done, I mean, the man was arrested in the evening and by midday the following day he had, been, he had gone through all these trials and been convicted. He had been spat on, 
He had been slapped. He had been flogged. He had been mocked. And they had done, man had been at his worst. And then finally, they drilled the nail through his feet and through his hands. And he was lifted up naked. Naked. That is what our Lord suffered for us. But in spite of all these, when he opened his mouth, the first statement that came out of his mouth was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I want to make a few observations out of this. Christ had come to this world to save us. The salvation plan of God had been hatched from the very foundation of creation when man sold out to the devil. And God had intended, had agreed with Jesus that he would come to save us. In spite of all the the painful circumstances, in spite of all the atrocities, in spite of all the treachery of men, Jesus remained focused on his mission to the end. He knew why he was on this earth. In Hebrews In Isaiah chapter 53, verse 12b, we read that he was numbered with the transgressors and he bore the sins of many and made intercession for their transgressions. Hallelujah. So you see, everything that happened was in accordance with plan. It was in accordance with prophecy. I talked about the way they were presented. He was numbered. Amongst transgressors. And yet, even in this painful death, he never cursed. He bore our sins and he made intercession for their transgression. That's the first thing that we know. That Jesus was focused to the very end. And I dare say that the greatest thing for which Christ died to purchase for you and I was forgiveness of sins. So as he opened his mouth, the first words that came were, Father, forgive. He was focused to the end. His mission for coming on this earth was to save man. That through his death, man will receive forgiveness of sin. That through his death, man will be reconciled back to God. That through his death, man will be rescued from the corruption into which man had sunk. That through his death, man will be redeemed from destruction. 
and that through his death, man will be restored. David talks about in Psalm 103 that he forgives all our iniquities, he heals all our diseases, he redeems our life from the pit, he crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies, and he does satisfy our mouth with good things so that our youth will be renewed like the eagles. That was the focus of Christ. That man will be forgiven. And therefore, he braved all odds and suffered to the very end as he cried, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. The second thing that we can think of and of course, we read in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22, that according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sin. So Jesus understood his mission. As he prayed at Gethsemane, Father, if it be possible... Let this cup pass from me. He understood the enormity of the duty. And Luke tells us that his sweats were like blood stains. But Christ understood that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Indeed, he himself at the last supper had said that he was, they, were, they were to drink the wine, which is the blood that he was shedding for mankind. Jesus' blood that speaks, Father, forgive them. The blood that Jesus shed speaks to the Father. Father, look on this blood that has been shed for this purpose and forgive them. Jesus' blood speaks for the forgiveness of all who will receive his name. And it still avails to you and I. The third thing that we can also learn is that the greatest of sinners, it doesn't matter how heinous, how deep, how red your sins are. When he said, forgive them, for they know not what they did. He was praying and pleading for the people who crucified him. They included the pilots, they included the heralds, they included the soldiers who spat at him, who mocked him, who flogged him. They included a Judas who betrayed him. The forgiveness of Jesus is still available to all and sundry. It doesn't matter how far you have strayed. It doesn't matter how deep your sins be. The blood of Jesus 
will cleanse us from every sin. Christ had also prayed the Father for forgiveness because, as he indicated, they did not know what they were doing. So, the first part, Father, forgive them. The second part, for they do not know what they do. Jesus had perceived that indeed the people who crucified him did not fully understand him. They did not fully know who he was. Of course, we lawyers would say ignorance of the law is no excuse. But in this particular instance, Jesus could also tell that their ignorance, the ignorance of the people who pursued him to the cross, went beyond just their knowledge of the law. He found in their act something, a ground upon which he could plead with the Father for forgiveness. Jesus perceived that the people did what they did because there was a veil that prevented them from understanding who he was. There was a veil that prevented them from seeing his glory as the only begotten son of the father. He also perceived that indeed by the teachings of the elders and by their own traditions and prejudices, they were so bound that they could just not see and understand who he was. Operating under a double veil, as it were, there was no way they could perceive. It is like when somebody who is not said to be of a sound mind commits a crime. The lawyers would go and plead and say that this person is incapable of coming to terms with what he did. So he pleaded, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. They were kept in ignorance by their rulers, and I dare say that today, in this day and age, there are people in our churches, in our country, in our homes, who, although we claim to be Christians, we still do not have a full understanding of the price that Christ has paid for us. Maybe because of church tradition. Maybe because of our own interpretation. We are so bound by such veil. And Christ is pleading, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. In our everyday life, how do we interpret issues that confront us? In our marriages, in our relationship in the office, 
in our relationship with friends. Jesus said, offenses will surely come, but woe to him by which it comes. And then he goes on to say, when your brother sins against you and comes and says, sorry, forgive him. Even Jesus took it to a higher level. Because the people who crucified him, did they come and say that Jesus, we are sorry? No. He interpreted it at the higher realm. Each and every one of us, no matter what sin, what offense somebody has committed against you, we have no basis whatsoever because Christ set us the example. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I dare say, if we should see the meaning and the import of the death of Christ for us. What he suffered as he hung on the cross. What he had to forego the glory above and to come and live amongst us in this dark world and to go to the cross to die for us. We will realize that the things that we often hold on to, they become so petty and insignificant. We will, we, will, we will be compassionate to the people who offend us. Why? Because we will know that indeed, if they knew our Christ, and if we had a good understanding of what Christ has done for us, we will also plead, Father, forgive them. And it's interesting that Jesus' prayer on the cross was answered not long after his death. Because we read in Acts chapter 6 verse 7 that many people came to the saving knowledge of Jesus, including the rulers and the teachers who had been instrumental in his death. And crucifixion. Glory to God. So Jesus' prayer was answered. So, what lessons do we learn from Jesus? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The first lesson that I see in these words is that we must boldly and in reverence. Approach God as Father and present to Him our petitions. He cried, Father, forgive them. You know, Jesus had taught us saying that in that manner shall you pray, our Father who art in heaven. Unfortunately, we, 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 this is one of the prayers that we learned from kindergarten. And we parrot it out so that oftentimes, in even calling out, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, we are not even thinking and reflecting on the very words that we say. But we have a Father in heaven. And He wants us to come to Him 
boldly, reverently, to present to him our petitions. Are we Christians? Are we washed by the blood of Jesus? Then I dare say, let us go to him and call him our father. And mean it. Because there is no good thing that he will withhold from us when we go to him in reverence, in all sincerity. We must boldly and in reverence approach God as Father and present to him our petitions as children do to their father. And indeed, if we will not go to him, you see, that's when then we want to try and do all sorts of things. We don't then get the full benefit of the pardon and forgiveness of Christ. The second thing that we learn is that the greatest thing that we can ask God for, for ourselves and for our friends, is to ask for forgiveness of sins. It is for that reason that Christ came. Let us not be weary to go to God and say, Father, forgive me. It is oftentimes arrogance, pride, which prevents us from going to God and saying, Father, forgive me. But he's waiting. Like the prodigal son. When he was afar off, the father saw him. And he ran unto him. And we are told, and he fell on his neck and he kissed him. Our father is waiting for us to ask for forgiveness. He knows. We read that if we say we, are, we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. One thing that sin does is that sin, sin separates us from God. So the devil likes it when we sin. Because then we become somewhat, we, we are, either we are afraid or we, we, we are proud to just go to him and, and then the devil is happy. But Christ came and offered forgiveness. Let us boldly go to our Father and ask for forgiveness. Of sins. Not only forgiveness of our own sins, but also forgiveness of sins for our friends, for our relations, for those who offend us, for our rulers, and for any and all that we have anything to do with. The third thing that we learn is that we must specifically pray for those that we consider as our enemies. For those that hate and persecute us. And we should do this because as Jesus prayed, as Jesus perceived, they are also held under the sway of a veil. That prevents them. Some of them have made themselves allies of the enemy. But if they knew the danger that awaits them, the doom that awaits them, the destruction that awaits them, they will not do as they are doing. 
Jesus had compassion on the people and asked for forgiveness. My prayer is that likewise we will pray for our enemies. So who is your enemy? Some of us, we even see our wives and our husbands as our enemies. Some of us, the old lady in the village is our biggest enemy. Some of us, it is your boss who is your enemy. Public enemy number one. But Jesus had compassion for those who persecuted him. And he taught us. He taught us on the cross and he taught us by his example, by his teachings. In fact, when we read Matthew 5, 44, 45, he says, But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good. And sends rain on the just and on the unjust. He had taught us. He had taught this to his, 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 his disciples and his followers. And if talk, somebody says that talk is cheap. But as he hung on the cross, as he went through that painful death, he demonstrated. He showed that his was not just do as I say but not as I do. He demonstrated to us. Let us therefore come boldly to the Father. This forgiveness is still available to all and sundry. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. I dare say that each and every one of us can also say this prayer in humility calling on God our Father. And indeed, if we should so pray for our enemies, we realize that it will not be difficult at all to reach out to them with a salvation message. It will not be difficult at all when we, we reach out to them for them to see that, yes, we have something that they also want to have. But if it is state for that, I do you, you do me. You do me, I do you. Where does that leave us? My prayer is that as we go through this period of Easter, just as Christ and the Father were one, just as Christ subsumed his own will under the will of the Father, let this cup pass from me, but not as I will, but let your will be done. May we, like children of his, be aligned with his thinking, with his way of doing things, with the way we approach our neighbors, our children, our spouses, even in the church. Sadly, there are some amongst us. You see your neighbor here, then you pass here. Because he says something that you don't like. Who? Oh. Christians. Children of God, we have deviated far from our Father. But the plea is still available. Father,
forgive them. My prayer is that each and every one of us, as we enter into this period of prayer, we will talk to God about those areas that we realize that we need to align with God. We need to align with His thinking. We need to align with His words. The grace is still sufficient for us. To all who received Him, who believed in His name, He gave them the power to become children. You can do it. You can be like Christ. Just as He was like the Father. He was one with them. We can do it. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just. My prayer is that by the time we go through this, we will all have confessed our sins. We will all be properly reconciled to God. We will all be healed of our corrupt nature. We will all be brought back into the fold of Jesus. For when we are so restored, then He crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. Then He satisfies our mouth with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. May we have such renewal in our spirits, renewal in our relationships, renewal in our spirituality so that people will see us and say that of a truth, these are the children of God. Shall we bow down our heads in prayer? Dear Lord and Father of mankind, forgive our foolish ways. Reclothe us in our rightful minds in pure lives. Thy service find. In deep reverence, praise. In simple trust, like this who had beside the Syrian sea. The gracious call of the Lord let us like them without a word rise up and follow thee we want to come before the Lord in prayer he said father forgive them for they do not know what they do. I believe that this evening the word of God has come to us each and every one of us. Which area of our lives is the Lord convicting us of? He convicts us of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. He says when you hear his heart, harden not your heart. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. He is a father. He is understanding. He is waiting for us to cry to him. 
in which area of our lives we want to reach out to him. Father, we have been foolish. We have been so self-centered. We have refused to do as you bid us. Indeed, the veil has covered our sensitivities and our spirits, Lord. So your people have erred and sinned. Talk to God. Talk to God. Cry out to Him. Say to Him, Father, forgive. Father, forgive. Father, forgive. If you did not know, now you know. Father, forgive. Reach out to Him. Reach out to Him. Father, your people are before you this evening. We have heard your voice. We cry out to you. Say, Father, forgive us. Father, forgive us our sins. Father, forgive our trespasses. Father, forgive our greed. Father, forgive our folly. Talk to the Father. He's a good God. He understands you. We shall confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Maybe you realize that you've been dry in your walk with God. I believe it is because sin has set in. Let us talk to God. That he will save us from worldliness. That he will save us. We have been so consumed by prosperity. We have been so consumed by the get-rich-quick attitude. We have been so consumed by the you do me, I'll do you. We have been so consumed between husband and wife between child and father, or children and parents, he's waiting for us. Father, forgive. Father, forgive. We do not know what we are doing. Lord, forgive. Father, forgive. Ye Lord and Father of mankind, forgive our foolish ways. Yes, reclothe us in our rightful minds in pure lives. Thy The Lord is waiting. Cry out to Him. Cry out to Him. Cry out to Him. He paid the price. 
His blood still avails for all. No matter how wicked. No matter how far we have strayed. Oh yes. He's still waiting. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's vein and sinners blind beneath that blood lose all their guilt Let's not go back the same. Let us cry to God. The Lord is waiting. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us. That flood lose all their guilt. We want to also pray 
Let us come before the Lord. There are people that we see as our enemies. For some of those people, it is so difficult to talk to them. It is so difficult to look them in the face. It is so difficult to forgive them. But the Lord is calling on us. He says, pray for your enemies. Do good to them that hate you. The Lord Jesus, as he hung on the cross, said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. This evening, I believe that it is time for us to present our enemies before the Lord. Let us not do it in the manner that we have been used to. Whipping them, pulling cutlasses and guns to shoot them. That is not the way of Christ. It is not the way Christ taught us. It is like the veil which has been pulled over the eyes. We have had wrong doctrines and wrong teachings. So we are used to calling fire and brimstone on our enemies. But Jesus calls us this evening to say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Yati ne ye boyen atamfu nua obonsambe ye bon ma ye se radin shuwon e radin ma ya kayadi imra wonso yesu anchreyensa yesu anchreyensa yesu anchreyensa se sani etia enyumri e radin rekasa chreyen Ose yemompai mayen atamfo yemompai mayen atamfo wona wochien no yen ayaka yaka de no ose yemompai na yen ye won papa talk to god about it talk to god about it i believe he will soften your heart because christ did it we can also find it within ourselves to do likewise God is faithful he will not give us any instruction that we cannot follow so talk to him cry to him he's a father he understands our emotions that's the beautiful thing about our walk with Christ no matter how deep seated oh yes jesus talked to the father about it let's not be shy to talk to our father about our enemies and ask for their forgiveness let us ask that the lord will bring them to the saving knowledge that they will be reconciled to god the father that they will escape the corruption that is in the world that their lives will be redeemed from destruction. That they will also come to have a crown from the Father. One of loving kindness and tender mercies. That their mouth will also come to be satisfied with good things. Mumia Mompai. Mompai mawatamfu. 
let us pray for our enemies that the Lord will touch that the Lord will heal that the Lord will bring them back to himself just as Jesus did on the cross Lord forgive Lord forgive Lord forgive Even as you have forgiven us Forgive them Forgive them Let them be reconciled to yourself Let them escape the corruption That is in the world Heal their diseases Heal their shortcomings Redeem them from destruction. Lord, satisfy their mouth with good things. Lord, hear our cry. Hear our prayers and let our cry come unto thee. Let us move to the next and pray for the church of God. Let us pray for our congregation and for the church universal. There is so much violence. We are having all sorts of people preaching all sorts of messages. Messages that are not supported by scripture. So there are people who are in church, but they live under a veil. They don't see our Christ. Let us pray that the Lord will be merciful to his people. That the Lord will redeem his church. Let us pray for the leadership of the church. and it depends on swing and the proy. And Tim Crawfootia, sorry, demo. So a radia sem no co on cumem. Umia Mompai, Yensu Freno, Oyeja, Oyono Quafo. Who says Yusu Frena? Obedient.
Let us continue to talk to God about His church. This is the church for which He came to die on the cross for us. This is the bride for whom He gave up His life and shed His blood so that we will be cleansed. This is the blood that the bride that He's looking forward to that glorious day when we'll be joined together with him. And yet, and yet you and I know that this bride is far from perfection. Let us ask God. Let us plead with him. The blood still avails. The blood still avails. The blood still avails. The pardon still avails. Father, forgive. Father, forgive. Let's pray for our leaders. The leaders that are leading the flock astray. Let us pray that the Lord will have mercy on the flock in such churches who are being led astray. Oh, may the Lord lift the veil from their eyes. May the Lord lift the veil from their eyes. May the Lord lift the veil from their understanding. So that they will not be led astray by such wicked leaders. Let's pray for the church of God. He's waiting. Father, forgive. Father, forgive. Let's ask for forgiveness. The church has become so worldly. Some of the sins that are committed in church are not even spoken of outside. Oh, Lord, have mercy. 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 
So that people will not sit in church from cradle to the grave and end up in hell. That the word of God which is sharper than any two-edged sword will come with conviction that the church of God will be aligned with the will of the Father. Jesus prayed that they may be one just as I and the Father are one. We see so many divisions amongst Christians, among Christian leaders, all because the enemy has taken advantage of us. Let us pray for the church of God. Ask for forgiveness. Let's ask for forgiveness. Let's ask for forgiveness. Let's ask for forgiveness. For the church, for the leadership, for the members. The church has become so complacent. Our testimony is compromised because of our deeds. Let us pray that the church of God will rise. That the church of God will be the mouthpiece mouthpiece of God. So that through us, all the ministry of reconciliation will go to them that are yet to receive Christ. Lord, hear our prayer and let our cry come unto you. The last thing that I want us to pray about is to pray for our nation, to pray for the leadership of our nation, to pray for the ministers, for the parliamentarians. They know the truth, but oftentimes, because of what is in it for them, they don't want to go by that. Pilate was an example. Pilate was an example. Yes. The priests and the elders were an example. Judas was an example. Let us pray. Jesus urges us in, in uh, 2 Timothy 2.2 2, 
Now, first and foremost, we should pray for those in authority so that we will lead a peaceable and quiet life. Let's pray that whatever veil that the Lord, the enemy has pulled over their eyes, over their sensitivities, for which they become so greedy, for which they become so insensitive to the plight and the suffering of the masses, the Lord will pull away. Let us pray that the Lord will forgive and bring them to himself so that they will be reclothed in their rightful mind and take decisions that will advance this beautiful country of ours. parliamentarians so no kwa beye ye mompaima ye mangi let's pray for Ghana the nation Ghana the beautiful nation Ghana this is where the lord placed us cry unto the lord cry unto the lord he is waiting to hear. He is waiting to heal. He is waiting to pardon. He is waiting to reconcile. He is waiting to satisfy our mouth with good things. He is waiting to crown us with loving kindness and tender mercies. But we must call on him. Let's pray for the president. Let's pray for our cabinet members. Let's pray for the leadership. Pray even for the leadership at your workplace. Whoever you have over you as an authority, pray for them. Let's pray even for our parents who exercise oversight over us. Some of them are difficult, but the Lord can touch them. Let's pray. Pray for the nation Ghana. Pray. Let us not sit in our corridors and criticize them. Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. It doesn't matter whether you belong to MPP or NDC. It doesn't matter at this point. Our duty as Christians as Paul urges us, is to pray for those in authority. Let us pray. The Holy Spirit will touch them. People who otherwise are incorrigible, oh, when they fall under the anointing of the Almighty, yes, chains will break. Lord, break every chain. Remove every veil 
May the Lord tear from their eyes every form of wickedness. Any sway under which the evil one has held them. We clothe us in our rightful minds in pure lives. Thy service fine in deep reverence praise. Breathe through the heats of our desires, thy coolness and thy balm. Let sense be damned, let flesh return, speak through the earthquake, wind and fire, O oh, still small voice of calm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. Thank you, Jesus, that you set us an example on earth here and at Calvary. Thank you that yours was not just one of mere talk, but you demonstrated it, Father, even as you went to Calvary to die for us. Lord, there are hearts that have been alienated from you far. There are hearts that, Father, have grieved for a long time because of perceived injustices, Father, one way or the other. There are hearts that have cried to you, Lord, and have become resentful because the enemy held them bound. But, Lord, we know that such of resentment and hatred, Lord, only hold us bound in chains. So this evening, we come to you like Christ and we say, Father, forgive us. Father, forgive us. Father, forgive us. Those who have hurt us, we cry out to you and we say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And even as we pray, Lord, and ask for their forgiveness, we also pray that, Lord, they will be reclothed in their rightful minds. That, Lord, they will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. That they will live lives of righteousness. Just as you listen to the prayers of Jesus, Lord, and you brought so many to the fold soon thereafter. Lord, your church has been bastardized. There are people who were born in the church and would die in the church and yet remain in sin. Because the evil one, Father, has placed a veil on our sensitivities and our understanding. Our cry this evening is that, Lord, just as the curtain in the temple was torn from, bottom, from top to bottom, Lord, may that veil be taken away. May we see you as you are, Lord, and serve you as you are. Oh, yes. Lord, touch us. Lord, touch your church. Lord, pour your spirit upon us. Even as you forgive us. That, Lord, 
we will be the mouthpiece, the channel of reconciliation to the world at large. And Father, we pray for the leadership of this country. We pray for our president. We pray for our ministers. We pray for our parliamentarians. Lord, greed has eaten so deep into the fabric of this society. Selfishness has, has eaten so deep into the fabric of this society. The Lord, decisions are taken without regard to what is good for the country. Lord, forgive. Lord, forgive. Lord, forgive. Lord, reclothe us in our rightful minds. Reclothe us in our rightful minds, Lord. That even as we live here, there will be healing in homes. There will be healing in marriages. There will be healing, Father, in relationships between father and mother. Between brother and brother. Between pastor and, and congregant, Lord. Between us as your children. Let us demonstrate the love that Christ did demonstrate here on earth and on the cross. We give you glory, King of Kings. We give you glory. Our Father, that is who you are. Receive your glory. Receive your honor. Receive adoration now and forevermore in Jesus' name. And let the church of God say, Amen.